0: hello and welcome to the niche podcast for friday march 29th 2013 i'm jonathan stark i'm kelly shaver and we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere this week drag and drop on touchscreen devices and opting out of responsive web design please stay tuned the niche podcast is next interlude (laughs) hello hello how's it going
1: uh, I am tired, but good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Another all-nighter.
1: Yeah, I haven't been to bed yet.
0: <laughs> Since nineteen seventy-two.
1: <1972. laughs> no, I wanted to. I wanted to um, stay up and, and babysit some scripts that were running.
0: Oh, yep. I'm sure. Just in I, case. I'm sure I understand. Big, huge fun migration. Yes. Yeah. Very exciting. So uh yeah, actually on my end of things, it's just like a technology ex- explosion all over the screen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the internet threw up on your monitor.
0: Exactly. Apologies to anyone who tried to log in at noon. I uh underestimated how long it was going to take to get Ustream set up. But it is official, we are actually uh, broadcasting a live recording of the 50th niche podcast
1: yay yay
0: i Cheer. see we, we even have one person in the chat room so apparently it's working that's good yes so cool um we have a couple of things to talk about today uh, but first housekeeping uh the big news is unfortunately Our guest, Ethan Marcotte, is not going to be joining us today for the recording and therefore won't be on um, the Friday podcast, but he is going to be on the week after next, so the 52nd. So I guess that's kind of like our anniversary. Yeah. So that still counts.
1: Like our our birthday.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we were hoping to have a guest on our 50th episode, but I think broadcasting live is enough um, because that was not easy, (laughs) but I'm glad to see that it seems to be working yeah Um, yeah once we get it sorted out yeah yeah so it seems to work pretty well once you know what you're doing uh and there's a chat room if you have any questions or want to comment or discuss um right now it's just the one person in there so (laughs) (laughs) so james you can talk to yourself um but yeah so we've got a couple of topics uh this week um i think that's all the housekeeping and i don't think we have a bug report because all of our uh, no, I don't have anything, yeah, our code was totally flawless this week, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. So um Kelly made a sweet little uh, sweet little chunk of code, if you will. is it a did it is it a uh, little jQuery plugin- that you made, or is it all just sort of loose, raw JavaScript?
1: Kelly didn't make it. Kelly tracked it down and made it work on this particular app.
0: Excellent. Is it a jQuery plugin-? Yes, it is. All right, cool. So um, Kelly tackled a very sticky problem, so to speak, which is drag and drop on touchscreen devices. Uh, So I'm sure, as you know, dear listener, touchscreens, when you slide your finger around on them, they want to scroll uh, in a web app. So um, Kelly figured out how to kind of augment that functionality.
1: Yes, they do. And it's funny because it wasn't even something I considered... Until I set it all up in the browser, the drag and drop in the browser, and tested on the desktop, and then opened on the phone, and hmm. it didn't work. I was like, "Oh, wait a minute! <laughs> <laughs> you can't drag on a phone. <laughs> it will just scroll things and yeah. move things." So, yeah. It, uh, but it, to make a make a very long and and probably very boring story short, um, the solution to that is you have to basically trap the touch events and translate those into mouse drags.
0: Right. Cool. God, and, mouse drags. I haven't yeah. thought about that in a long time.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's like going the opposite direction of the way Like it feels like you should be because it feels like you should be, you know, it feels like you should be trapping clicks and responding to touches.
0: Yeah, exactly. But
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you just, you have to go the other direction with it. And, um, so what I did basically, I just have an have an edit mode that kind of switches the app into into that mode, hmm. and then you know you can exit out of it when you're done, and that kind of keeps it from from doing that all the time with every drag. And so you so know, you don't you know, get performance issues and things like that. But um, yeah, we're we're using jQuery on the project already, so I found a good little jQuery plugin to do this. Um, it's called <laughs> It's called jQuery touch punch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it it handles handles all of that and um uh, yes, yeah, so uh you do end up with some performance issues if you have a lot of a lot of CSS3 things like background gradients and and that kind of stuff. Right. And um uh primarily also if you have any kind of absolute positioning within the elements that you're dragging mm. it's because of the way that all has to be calculated and um
0: yeah i I, I mean testing it it works great uh, i tried it in a couple different browsers on the iphone uh iphone 5 it's it re- looks really good it's um it's the only thing that was weird about it was you know in the chrome browser um the way you've got like the little drag thumbs on the left hand side that. They were like, so they looked like they're so close to the side, even though it turned out later, you told me the touch targets are bigger than, than are visible. But, um, when you try and scroll things around on the edge of the phone in the Chrome browser, it wants to switch tabs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, actually didn't, um, didn't realize that I apparently haven't updated my install of Chrome on my phone in a while. Hmm. And, um. So yeah, I mean, personally, I think I would prefer to have them on the right side anyway, because then you're not obscuring the the element that you're dragging with your thumb. Right. So you know, we'll we'll see if that happens. I'm not really the one making the those decisions on it, but we'll mm-hmm. see.
0: Is is there an ETA for when people would be able to check it out?
1: Um, I'm thinking uh, it's probably sometime in April.
0: Mm, cool. Because it's a pretty sweet little little web app. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think I've been, people will dig it.
1: Yeah, I've been working on it. I started in late December and it's one I when I picked up from Wyatt. So mm,
0: cool. Well, I spent uh, the weekend actually building a little jQuery plugin um for a, an internal not an internal project, but for like for a project that's currently not announced you know what i mean it's in in development like yours and uh i have to say it it was it was kind of a blast um for a long time i haven't been using jquery just because of the the weight of it yeah and now with 2.0 and for other various reasons uh, on this project we have decided to use jquery 2.0 um because it's a WordPress project and they're probably going to have to use jQuery for WordPress plugins in the future anyway. And they want like the code to be maintainable by the developers and they all know jQuery and uh 2.0 is uh leaner and meaner and you know, blah, blah, blah. There's a whole bunch of reasons why jQuery 2.0 is cool. So since we were using that, I was like, ah, oh, I can go back. Yeah. I haven't written a jQuery plugin in probably two years. And, uh, it's, uh, it is so easy. It's so much easier than, than like writing, just raw JavaScript, I have to admit.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it is, and I've I've been doing writing a lot more raw JavaScript too, and um, uh, yeah, I don't know, jQuery is a lot faster.
0: Hmm. Oh yeah, in terms of developing.
1: Yeah, in, ter- in terms of developing, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's um, I kind of kind of didn't use jQuery too heavily. On, on this project because I, I went with Knockout for all of my bindings and, and that sort of stuff. So that eliminated a lot of the things I used jQuery for.
0: Right. But it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I'm like, I'm really, I really like the direction jQuery's going in. So I'm excited yeah. to continue using it.
1: Yeah, I'm glad to see them streamlining things and having the, the custom build options and all that. It's really nice to be able to trim it down to just what you need.
0: Yeah, it takes away all the arguments, basically. You know, you can you can even replace the selector engine with uh, just straight up query selector all. Um, it's not, I guess, I haven't done it, but in the, the documentation it says that it's it changes the selectors that you can use, some of the more advanced, like before and after and not and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't use that stuff very often, so you could imagine taking out, you know, Sizzle's a pretty decent-sized chunk of that. You could take all that out and just use... Query selector all approach using the same normal uh, selector syntax that everyone knows and loves from jQuery.
1: Yes. Yeah, I end up using those filters a fair bit. Oh yeah. So I'd, I'd probably need to leave sizzle in.
0: Right, probably.
1: Yeah, I use I use is a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I. I mean, it was super fast on the phone. I mean. I, uh, on iPhone 5 anyway, I know you said that you haven't uh, refactored the code, so it's probably as bloated as it's ever going to be right now. And it's <laughs> yeah. still super fast.
1: So yeah, the, um, the drag and drop. Mm-hmm. Just because I was dealing with so much other stuff anyway, rather than going with um, a smaller drag and drop library, I just threw uh, jQuery UI in there because I knew it would work. Mm-hmm. And, and jQuery UI is like 100K. Wow. So I want to replace that with a smaller drag and drop.
0: Hmm. Cool. All right, great. Well, um, so fun with jQuery and drag and drop on touch screens. Yeah. So the big topic I wanted to, um, to bring up this week, uh, was something sort of interesting. I've seen pop up on Twitter a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, which is this, uh, people opting out of responsive web design, which i I think is, um, interesting. Brings up some interesting points. And you asked when I was talking about it, you know, what do I mean by opting out? You know, who who opting out? Like the developer, the site, the the people on the site. And the first thing, the, the first article I read was by, uh, I can't even remember. We'll put it in the show notes. I can't remember what site it was. But it was like a, uh, it was like a Stripe competitor, if I recall correctly, or maybe a Shopify competitor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they did this blog post about how they ditched responsive web design. It was like really provocative title. And I guess they got a lot of, a ton of traffic. And the, the author sort of went through a list of um, reasons why they decided not to use responsive web design on their site. And they were all reasonable. Um, you know, they were kind of like, you know, there's no, it's everything's a compromise. There's no uh, one right answer on the web. That's for sure. And they had some decent reasons to to not do a responsive web design for their site, but it was weird because the post was all about not doing a responsive web design, but the post itself was a was which was on their site was responsive and <laughs> so I didn't understand that and and the and one of the things that the site does is if I'm probably gonna not get this quite right, but the gist of it is that um you can send Pay Now links to customers, kind of like with PayPal?
1: Yeah.
0: So, and and the question I felt like asking, there are no comments on the blog post. Uh, You couldn't do comments on the blog post. But the thing I wanted to ask was like, well, when you send out one of those links, what happens when a customer receives one? You know, and they they tap on the link.
1: Yeah, didn't didn't we say just a couple of weeks ago, what is it, like 41% of all email now is open on a phone?
0: Yeah. So... And like the thing you really really want to make sure is responsive is are your forms you know to make it easier to deal with on the on a small screen, and, oh yeah, and the numbers are crazy, I mean, like any people who have have switched to responsive designs are are saying like conversions are up three hundred percent on mobile, you know, and if mobile's like ten or twenty percent of your traffic, that's huge,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. so.
0: I don't know. It, it just seemed weird. And, and basically, I, if, if I'm not paraphrasing it uh, too, too coarsely, I, the basic gist of the post was that they wanted to have... They just wanted to be more pixel perfect about the design, and they were like, oh, it's going to be too much work to do a great design on the desktop and a great design on mobile that actually is the same source HTML. So we decided to just make a great design on the desktop and I understand that reasoning, but I think it's crazy because I'm not a huge design guy. I guess.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I have, you know, design is what I have my training in. Design is what I got my start. Uh, you know, I have a, have a degree in design. I, it's still, yeah. I just, I don't know. I can't. I can't get behind it because in my mind, to me, design is more than just making something look pretty. It's about you know solving an issue and making something work well right. and mm-hmm. so pixel perfection to achieve a certain look if that screws up your user experience on a phone that's not you know that's not design that's not good design
0: right yeah it was more the pixel perfect i get the feel it was more like the pixel we want this to be pixel perfect so i don't know i, I i'm not knocking them i think that it you know do whatever you want to do i don't care but it seems crazy to me So at least, you know, the other the other approach that I think I guess in general, um, I would say that you're crazy if you don't do something to make your design awesome on mobile, or at least very, very usable on mobile. And maybe it's not responsive web design, but you should do it. And you'll, you know, especially for an e-commerce site, you're going to end up with dollars in your pocket because you did it. So like it might, but to that point, it might not be responsive web design. It, you could use, uh, REST, which is you know, server side responsive. I don't. It's like responsive server side or whatever. Luke W. I think, made that pseudo acronym. Hmm. But uh, it, it's it's about detecting on the server side which templates you should serve back to the user. Or hell, even if you do an M dot site, do something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don't as long as you're serving serving the mobile users in in some fashion that's not just treating them like they're a a big 1900 by 1200 display.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like why not just block the site on mobile? Yeah. <coughs> yeah, so. I don't
1: I don't I I just I really do not understand the argument of pixel perfection as a design justification for not not serving mobile because like I said to me that kind of defeats the whole entire purpose of what what the designer should be doing
0: yeah or having a website in general yeah it's <laughs> like <laughs> what's the point you know you're trying to reach people right so so that was that was one kind of opt out uh, opting out on the the basically on the part of the site owner but there was another thread going um uh, what, I don't know the guy's name. I can never remember stuff when we're actually recording, but again <laughs> we'll link to it in the show notes but 456 borea street.com yes. it's a design blog that I've been following for years.
1: Yes, it's been around forever.
0: Yeah, and it's I and I haven't kept up with it, but in the um in the uh in the past I've always been I've always liked it. I've always thought it was it was it was good stuff. Yeah. And uh he, and the the author posted about allowing users to opt out or people on your site to opt out of the responsive design. So basically, you know, request desktop site or switch over to the desktop version of the site, mm-hmm. which a lot of m dot sites allow you to do, and it's kind of easy for an M dot site to do because you actually have splintered the content across two different URLs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, this is something I've been thinking about doing on on the project I'm working on right now.
0: Uh, which the M dot or the opt out?
1: The the opt out. Mm. Once we once once we get a, a a good desktop version. Right now, our main focus is on mobile.
0: Gotcha. So the so the the thing with responsive web design is that since you're not splitting it across multiple, splitting your content across multiple. Sites or URLs, I should say, it's like, well, how do you what if you wanted the desktop site for some reason? yeah and he named a couple of fringe cases that I think are pretty interesting uh, one the the impetus for the post was that he was uh, I guess home and his father was on his new Android phone and they were getting it set up, and he went to a site that he was familiar with on the desktop, and when he got to the mobile version, he was like, This isn't the site.' And so you know it created like branding and trust issues with that particular person, and then there's another uh issue which was that if you were if it was a support sort of situation, so imagine you're like a customer service for a website, and a, mm-hmm. and someone is like, "Hey, something's broken on the website you like, couldn't
1: you couldn't tell them what to do
0: yeah, like how do you know what they're looking at? yeah. You know, which you have to ask a million questions like, what, well, you're on the desktop, what browser are you in? I guess you ask those questions anyway when you're doing support. But uh, in the article, he was talking about, well, if you're away from your computer and you look at this on the phone, there's no way for you to look at the desktop version of the site that the, that the person with the problem was looking at. And I was like, no. I no, mean, how many eh. people
1: do tech support from, from their you know, phone? From, like from their phone,
0: yeah. Yeah, so definitely a fringe case but it made me think about it and i my general everything's everything on the web it, it depends and it's just general general feedback but in general i think that uh you know my my initial reaction was why not just let them shut off css completely <laughs> you know like why <laughs> why <laughs> arbitrarily say oh we're we're going to let them let somebody turn off media queries or we're going to let somebody turn yeah. off adaptive it, it's like I feel like the whole post was, was based on kind of a, a transitional period that we're in when we still – some people still feel like there is a true website and there are versions of it. And yeah, I, and my general feeling is that most sites, especially content sites, are going to be um, – there is no – there isn't a site. There's not like a, a particular design. It's like, it's always the content is what you can count on and the, and, and the design of the particular experience doesn't, uh, it's almost not relevant. It'd be like if someone, someone called in a support issue about your website because the lines were wrapping funny, the text would <laughs> yeah. be like, well, how wide was the window? Did you have yeah. the text in? Like, who cares? That part doesn't matter. It's, it's like, like, um.
1: I need some help. or well, your background color is blue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's, there's something wrong about the whole conversation. There's something that, that rubs me in the wrong way about it because it, it feels like it's clinging to this notion that, that there is one design or two yeah, designs. And, there's not and, two designs.
1: Yeah. But it, it feels like people are saying, okay, there's, there's an iPhone version and there's a desktop version. It's. It does know, there's, feel like there's that. There's still yeah. that mindset, and I don't know. I don't know if it's because you know responsive design is still relatively speaking such a new thing that the concept just hasn't sunk in yet, or if it's because um, these the the different design issues that you have when you do responsive design aren't getting addressed well enough and creating the, the proper kinds of experiences that people want.
0: Yeah, I totally or, agree with both of those points. I think this is a transitional, and I think either you, you're responsible web design, you didn't do it right, or it's a bad fit for your site, you know, and you shouldn't do it at all, or it's just this transitional thing where where people are just going to get used to sites looking appropriate on on different devices. yeah. And that means that it's going to look different. Yeah. So I, it's, it's very interesting, though. It's very interesting. I do I freely admit that responsive web design is not the right approach for every single site, though. You know, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. But when it is a good fit, this switching it off thing, I don't know. So actually, <laughs> it was interesting on Twitter because uh, I was kind of having this conversation with... Um, Christian Heilman actually, uh, he mm-hmm. was the one that tweeted it originally, and uh, someone chimed in and said that they did set up a way for people to turn off their responsive web design, so on mobile they could see the desktop site, and then no, yeah. one, no one ever clicked it. No one did it, so no they took it. it off. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I
1: have, I have had a couple of instances where I'll be using, like, say, I'll be using a seven-inch tablet, and so I've got a. like 900 pixel display, and people will have things set to break at 960. Mm. And I'm like, you know, I just, and so I end up seeing like, like a design that's made for 320 pixels.
0: Yeah, they're doing it wrong. They should. Yeah. Right, they shouldn't be breaking on device specifics. Yeah. And
1: I mean, if you're if you're doing it wrong, then yeah, I may just want to look at the desktop version of the site. <laughs> but if it's done well, then you know, no, I'm gonna gonna enjoy having the, the better mobile experience.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, and the dear listener might wonder what we're talking about by doing it wrong and and in this specific example that you just brought up, the your content should break based on the content, not on some imagined device that the user is or that you know, the person is browsing on. Right. So if you're if you're when what I'm working on it I completely follow the Stephen Hay guideline, which is like make your window very narrow and then make it bigger, bigger, bigger until it looks like crap and then put in a breakpoint. <laughs> and yeah. th- it's great too, because you never, you never have to be like, all right, what is the, what's the width of a Kindle fire HD? And you never get into this yeah, weird thing of none like, of that matters. Yeah. None of that matters. And then some new device comes out and you go on it, and you're like, damn, this looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> totally works. Imagine.
1: Yeah. It's, it's much more, much more future friendly.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: And it's easier.
0: Yeah, it's way easier. As soon as you can start forgetting about the devices, even for that one bit, even for the breakpoint bit. Oh, sweet. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is classic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had these in a while. I
0: know. It's like the anniversary.
1: I'm just going to mute it. It's for Richard, and he's home.
0: Oh, okay. I should, I, Probably I was, hear it in the other room still. I was going to pull up my girl from Ipanema music. <laughs> so, I... I think this is um, something that the community will continue to talk about for a while because it's mm-hmm. obviously on lots of people's minds. Um, Long term, I think it 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 doesn't make sense for most sites, the vast majority of sites, to to uh, have the ability to turn off responsive web off design.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's worth it.
0: Yeah, I'd rather see them putting their effort into something else.
1: Yeah, rather than figuring out a clever way for your visitors to disable your responsive design, put the time and effort into making your responsive design good enough that they don't want to do that.
0: Yep. Yep. And just go with a different approach if responsive isn't the way to go. So cool. Um, Well, I am, I know you have, uh, you've got things going on, right?
1: Yeah. I've got passport stuff to sort out.
0: Hmm. Vacation.
1: Yeah, we finally found a photographer that can do Richard's photos. Cool. So he has to get a Canadian passport, and the photo requirements are different.
0: Oh, huh. interesting. Has to be 3D. <laughs> <laughs> Panorama. Yeah, he
1: needs to. Um, he needs to. Um, carry an axe and, and wear a coonskin hat, and, you know, there's some flan. There's some flannel involved. And
0: <laughs> awesome. I'm super jealous. Uh, I I've been. Uh, I have a friend who's uh, Erica's brother as a matter of fact is talking about going on vacation I'm like you should go to this kiss ass a thing that
1: <laughs> <laughs> cant yeah
0: kiss as <laughs> okay,
1: it does look beautiful oh
0: it's stunning I can't wait yeah so but I think that'll do it for this week um, I'm glad we got yeah. we we have a a f- f- full proof of concept where we did broadcast a live recording and Elroy Jetson is in the chat room. Thanks for joining Elroy. <laughs> so it's official. We, we did it. And Yay. Uh, please stay tuned for next week's podcast, which will be, uh, a regular episode. And then the week after we're going to have Ethan Marcotte on, uh, and we're going to quiz him. We're going to grill him about responsive web design.
1: Yes. We mean it this time.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark.
1: And I'm Kelly Shaver.
0: And we hope you join us again next week for the Niche Podcast. Bye.
1: Bye.